Today on First Cup, we're talking about music and uh, it's National Something Day. Frank gave us a bunch of cool stuff on that. And uh, we're talking about instructors taking breaks. Stick around. We roll in 10 seconds. All right. All right. We got this. Three, two, Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Today is Tuesday. It is December 21st, 2021. My name is Jeremy, and this is my first cup of coffee. Coffee. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning to all of you, whether you're watching now, later, listening. I appreciate it. all of you. Thanks for joining me for your first whatever you know, coffee or something else. Some of you, maybe it's not first. Maybe, maybe you're overseas or maybe you're watching this at like seven at night. I don't know. I don't know when you're watching. I don't know what you're doing. I'm just glad that you're watching or listening. Like I said, good morning, Stacy. Well, I hope you had a good Monday. I had a good Monday. I had a productive Monday. Except for one thing. There was one thing that I was supposed to do, and I didn't do it because I forgot to do it, even though I did 98% of it. A couple orders. A couple customer orders. Oh, I got to box those up. Boxed them up. Did all the things. Good morning, Daniel. All the things that I had to do, put them in the car, drove right past the post office. Crap. So I'm sitting there at the gym in the parking lot. And it would have taken me 15 minutes or so, maybe 20, to go to the post office and come back. I was like, I could do it. You ever do this? I could do it. I don't want to do it. And then I looked at the, my watch and I was like, no, I, I won't be able to work out and then do it. So I just left them in the car and I'll ship them out today. So apologies to people waiting for stuff. You're going to wait slightly longer. It happens. Good morning, Andy. Uh, I got something to share with you guys. Are you ready? Are you ready? You ready? Well, here. Just a normal first cup mug like I always drink out of, right? Nope. Coffee is a language in itself by Jackie Chan. Said by Jackie Chan on the mug. And it's one of the no stain mugs. So you've got just over two months to get this mug available. Whistlekick.com. You can use the code FIRSTCUP15. Costs a little bit more because it's a limited edition mug. And because we keep raising prices on mugs because we keep not making money on mugs. Somebody bought a mug yesterday I lit, we, with a discount code and not even the biggest one that we have. And we literally made 10 cents. Oops. I'm not saying we're trying to make a lot of money on stuff on the store, especially mugs. I'm trying not to lose money. So I went in and I had to bump it by another $1.50. So I think that mug, that was the, which mug is that? I think it's the Never Settle mug. I think it's the one, the first one we did with black inside, inside the mug. And I think that one went up to $21.49. So, yeah. Hey, they every mug, every mug that goes out is like $7 in shipping. Yeah. Brutal. 
Daniel says 10 cents profit per item is fine if you're Amazon. Yeah, if you're if you're doing crazy volume, that works. But Dennis says losing money is not the best business strategy or so I've heard. Uh, I can speak to it firsthand. Speaking of businesses losing money hand over fist and trying not to do that anymore. We have four seminars scheduled for me to come out to go places. So we're trying to build out the year as early as we can so people can prepare and promote and we can do all the things that we do. Because once I get on the mats, I'm going to deliver a great product. I know that. Everything leading up to it, though, is what impacts the financial side of it for us and for the host. So if you want me to come to your school, talk to your instructor. We've got stuff brewing in the Pacific Northwest, in the Southeast. Uh, I've heard from people in the upper Midwest. Um, there's talk of California. Uh, and there's talk of the Mid-Atlantic. And, and of course, New England. New England's already happening. So you want me to come out, let me know. Don't just post it in the chat here. That's fine. You can do that. That's cool. But yeah. um, mug, tour, did they do anything else? Client stuff. What am I doing today? Today's a recording day. I'm sorry. Today is not a recording day. I have very little on my plate. Uh, catching up with, and, and I'm, I actually would love all of your help remembering this. When we close the show at seven, I got 15 minutes and then I'm getting on a call with someone from Australia. Uh, if you have been around for a while, you may remember Ron Umram, who came on for an interview episode and in the early days of Whistlekick was around a lot. Coming on, just what a great guy. Did some writing at Marshall Journal, if I remember correctly. And then he went and had a baby, you know, and he's been gone for a while. And I reached out and I was like, dude, how are you? So... Uh, it took us a few weeks to coordinate schedules, but I'm going to have a have a chat with him just to catch up. And then Justin and I will talk about Marshall Journal. I have a, uh, a proof. I have a first draft of issue two. We expected the magazine to be out by now. We bumped into some things. But guess what? Your second time doing a thing, you're going to run into some problems. It's going to happen. And it happened. So we decided right is better than soon. So it's going to go out right. And I'll get through that today. I'm going to stop by the post office. I'm going to go to the co-working spot, probably go to the range later, probably go to the gym later. It's going to be a busy day, but a good day. I'm looking forward to it. Daniel says, when my lotto numbers come in, we'll sort you a UK tour. Thanks, man. That'd be great. I'd love to come over. Ooh. Here's vague things that drive most of you nuts. Stacy says, I just finished draft one of transcript formatting coming up Thursday. <sighs> what? Stacy's doing a transcript. What is going on here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Super excited. Uh, anything else to report? I don't think so. Ooh. Ooh. All right, you guys left some stuff. Let's let's start digging in on the stuff. I want to read Frank's first because I think it sets the tone for the day. 
Today is Look on the Bright Side Day. Here's some information from daysoftheyear.com. Every, and I'm going to read this. This is, this is a little longer than I normally read, but it's okay. Every one of us has heard the phrase, look on the bright side at some point in our lives, from friends to family telling us to cheer up. But where does the phrase, what does the phrase truly mean? To figure that out, we must delve deep into the mountain that is the past. So come with us as we explore the beginnings of the phrase and the holiday named after it, look on the bright side day. The history of look on the bright side day now, nobody knows who, when, or where the phrase was coined. As for the meaning, it's a way of telling someone telling us to be cheerful and optimistic despite difficulties one may be facing during the day. While being optimistic is difficult for some of us, especially when we have to deal with the loss of a loved one or an ending relationship, the phrase stands to push us forward and look at the brighter things in life and in the events that have happened to us. For example, a relationship just ended, sure. It does hurt to watch someone walk away that was an important part of our lives, but there are plenty more people in the world who are far better than that one person. This advice isn't entirely without its benefits. However, is making sure to keep a positive mindset can actually help in many different ways. Examples of what keeping a positive mindset actually can do. Increases lifespan, lowers rates of depression, lowers levels of distress, greater resistance to the common cold, better psychological and physical well-being, reduced risk of death from cardiovascular disease, better coping skills during hardships and times of stress. Uh, small tangent. I'm not going to name things, so you'll have to you know, use a couple brain cells and connect these dots. But if you dig into the data on the things that are going on and when the people are getting sick, um, you're seeing some of this stuff in the data that there are conditions that we typically think of as mental, emotional conditions that are very clearly contributing to results. And I'll let you run with that however you choose. How to celebrate Look on the Bright Side Day. Celebrating this day is possibly one of the easiest celebrations that can exist for all we have to do is go outside into the world, take a walk through the streets with a smile on our faces as we call friends to spend time together. Pretty easy. Or you, you can drink coffee out of your fancy mug. By the way, it's, uh, it's much warmer today than it was yesterday. Once the time to spend with friends comes around, we can talk about our day and they're smiling and laughing at the jokes they make while either having a drink or just playing some video games to pass the time and socialize with them. Being positive is not all about wearing a smile upon our faces. It is about being happy in our minds and hearts. So get together with your friends and family and help uplift their day and yours by looking on the bright side. I think one of the things that we forget when we think about happiness and joy and looking on the bright side, etc., is if, if I said, you know, envision someone who is celebrating look on the bright side day, you'd probably think of someone who is just over the top and Cheshire cats grin and it doesn't have to be that way. There are people who are celebrating Christmas that are over the top and they've got 40 foot trees and they decorate them with hours of lights and, and ornate lawn displays. And then you have other people like me who have some ornaments that they like and want to make sure they put them out to remember the people who gave them on a palm tree. I'm sorry, an avocado tree over there. 
still celebrating, just celebrating differently. You can be a little happy. And sometimes, if you're on the other end of the spectrum, the goal is to just be a little happier, a little less sad. And that's okay. I just want to remind everybody of that. All right. And now uh, we've got a follow-up to conversation on music from Josh Blum. To piggyback off yesterday's conversation on music, I made a playlist on YouTube to train to. Never tried doing this before, but you are welcome to add to it as well, assuming I set it up right, and flesh out the 80s new wave and hair metal tracks that are there now. Then we will have a group training playlist for our own personal training montages. And he goes on, Jeremy, if you ever want to make whistle kick music to train to, I'm certainly happy to help. It might sound like 80s new wave or hair metal unless you tell me otherwise, though. Uh, those all sound like perfectly good things. I see nothing wrong with hair metal. Not my first genre that I go to, but, uh, you know, I've rocked out to some Guns N' Roses in my day. Uh, kind of kind of a Bon Jovi fan in there, you know? I don't know that I, I don't know that that's hair metal. I don't think that counts as new wave either. For me, the 80s are kind of lumped together. But Josh did provide a link to this playlist. If you go to the Facebook group, I'll drop the link. Facebook group, you can see the link to the YouTube. Uh, this one. You can see it. It's there. Okay. Oh, I forgot to put this banner up. Click, click. Daniel says, a playlist to train to. It's just Eye of the Tiger on repeat, right? <laughs> Jenny says, and Pat Benatar's hit me with your best shot. Good morning, Eric. So fun fact, I think the first time I competed with music, in a competition. When I was a kid, there were some of the larger tournaments had musical divisions. Eye of the Tiger. I actually did a form to Eye of the Tiger. I don't want, let's see. I think I made it up. I think it was something I put together for it. I was probably 12. Yeah, I don't remember anything else beyond that. Other than somebody saw it Somebody that went to school with saw it and they made fun of me for it. And I didn't care. And other people eventually were like, why are you making fun of him? He did something you can't do. And then he shut up. It was great. All right. And our last thing today, uh, Gabe says, what does it look like for an instructor to take a break from training? I think that depends greatly on whether or not the instructor has their own school. If the instructor has their own school, I think there are a bunch of logistical questions, but let's assume the instructor is not the school owner, or at least not the only instructor, because I think otherwise the conversation gets very cumbersome. For an instructor to take a break, I think as with anybody taking a break, but even more so for the instructor, having a why, why are you taking a break is critical. When I find people are taking breaks from martial arts, which we've done episodes on, I see nothing wrong with taking a break. Taking a break from anything can be a good thing. 
Oh, but Jeremy, if you really love martial arts, well, you know, um, there are lots of things that we love that we abstain from from time to time. The sneeze coming. Where is it? All right, we're good. You know, fasting, abstaining, Lent, right? Like there are elements that weave through our society where we say, hey, these things are really good. I'm going to do less of them for a period of time for a variety of reasons. I think if we're talking about martial arts, the one that's relevant is it helps you to appreciate them. If there's a thing that you love doing and you would like to take a step back from it to remind yourself why it is important in your life, I see nothing wrong with that. But I think when most people are taking a break from martial arts, that's not why. Most of the time, it's because they've lost their inspiration, their passion. And if you're an instructor and you're spending all of your time training around other people, teaching other people, conveying that information, it can be exhausting. Where is the, uh, where's the incoming? Where's the energy? This is one of the things that I think we as a brand are providing through events. When I look at some of the people who came to free training day, they came in, you know, at like a seven, they left at like a nine five. They were so hyped up on martial arts. They were so passionate about what they saw, what they got to experience, the new friendships, all those things. And we're trying to bring some of that, that energy in other ways to other people throughout. But the point being, if you're constantly pouring out your cup for other people, you've got to find a way to refill it. So if you are an instructor who's going to take a break, I think the number one thing that has to be solved is, is that break because your cup is empty? And if so, how are you filling it? What are you doing? Thank you, Jenny. Jenny says, bless you. Now, I don't know if Dennis is still in the chat. I believe of the people here, Dennis has been training the longest. So I'm curious of Dennis's thought on how to keep that cup full as an instructor. I suspect I know his answer. Oh, and Kelly's got, Kelly's chiming in here too. Uh, Kelly, you were actually one of the people I was thinking of because I saw, I saw the difference for you. Yes, I definitely felt recharged after free training day. Thank you. High five. Dennis says, I am here. Good. We all need teachers. We all need instructors. We all need to learn. We all need things that we're striving for in our martial arts stuff. And it's sad because I think in a lot of schools, the, the culture is such that the instructor is seen as the de facto expert on every aspect. So to show the vulnerability of not being good at something to their students breaks that and they're not comfortable. The irony is in most schools, the students actually relish that. It shows them that their instructor is not perfect and it helps them see a more realistic path forward for their own training. But when I think of the people who I love as martial artists, okay, here's a, here's a great example, a great example. Many of you know that I have the blessing to train under and with Bill Wallace. Once a year, well, at least once a year, the Superfoot organization comes together 
and I'm lucky enough to be included in that, for what we call a training conference, Superfoot conference. And at this conference, Bill does a bunch of the teaching, but he's not the only one that does the teaching. And it's not only teaching on Superfoot stuff. Sometimes we're teaching other things. You know, I remember one time we were doing some judo and sometimes we're doing jujitsu and, and, and. You know, who's right there, if not training all the time, at least watching, learning, observing, Bill. He does not mind not knowing something. And I think that that is a perfect anecdote. If you're taking a break, oh, I'm going to pause here because Dennis answered my thoughts. Being a martial arts teacher can be exhausting. The lesson planning, the grind of 14 classes per week, quickly shifting from kids' classes to adult classes, much different dynamics. It is very easy to fall into a 100% teacher mode and neglect oneself. And I suspect there's a part B coming because there was some periods at the end. Back when I had my school, I only had my school for two years and I was trying to get my, well, I was getting my IT company started at the same time. It was too much. I remember feeling like I enjoyed teaching. I loved teaching. This is 20 years ago. I loved teaching. It was great. I loved seeing my students progress. I did not feel nurtured as a martial artist. Now things are different. I'm in conversations with people. It looks like there's a school that I'm going to open sometime in 2022. Maybe my initial thought was it would be January. It doesn't look like it's going to be January based on timing, but hopefully first quarter, we'll see what happens. And I'm in a different place now. It's not going to be a full-time school. It's not going to be five, six, seven days a week with two, three, six classes. I plan to start with one kid's class, one adult class. Start easy. Kind of like the whole philosophy in this book. You can apply it to anything, and I'm trying to. There are times when you jump in with both feet, and it makes sense. There are times when you start slowly and you find balance. And once you've found that balance balance between teaching and learning, you can look at what's the next step. Oh, okay. I've been doing, you know, one class a week for a while. A bunch of students are asking for a second class a week. Okay. How would I fit that in? And how do I make sure that I provide what I need for myself so I can remain a quality teacher? Right. Okay. Good stuff. Good question, Gabe. Thank you. Thank you. I'm curious if any of you watching right now have other things to add on this subject. If you don't, or if maybe you want to go a little bit deeper, you may want to go back to the episode that we did, taking a break from training. I don't remember exactly what it what we called it, but I think it was in the one or the 200s. It's a while ago. And, uh, and I think I remember feedback from that episode. People really appreciating that somebody said it because we don't talk about 
It's not the thing we talk about in our industry. Heaven forbid somebody take a break. Heaven forbid that someone try or do something else. Every summer I see these uh, memes go around on social media. You know, if you don't support your martial arts school during the summer, it won't be there during the rest of the year. Well, sometimes people need a break. Sometimes kids need a break. Especially from the intense lives we put them through. Uh, and Dennis does have a part B here. So I'm going to read this now. And the comment is so long, it covers my whole face. But I've been blessed to be around some of the best teachers in the world and to maintain a high level of motivation. Joe Lewis, Bill Wallace, Michael DePasquale being the best known, but so many other great ones taught me the importance of making time for yourself and instilling the mantra I still use today. Sometimes it's a teacher, always, sorry, sometimes a teacher, always a student. Amazing events like Free Training Day, the Superfoot Conference, keep the energy high, as does being a part of this incredibly motivating. We ran out of letters. I'm assuming whistle kick family is what he was going to say. Daniel says, talking about the book, I've just realized that it that I don't even have to think about my water now, three weeks in, and it's just habit to grab it. <sighs> And where was Stacy? Uh, so comment from Stacy related to the music topic. Uh, I totally have a set list called Dems to Breaks, all tunes that feel like I could do a demo to. Demonstration, demolition, you decide. I love it. All right, 20 minutes and I talked to Ron. I think that's it. There's snow outside. It's cold, but it's not quite as cold. I slept great. I have coffee. And we had a good episode. I like when you guys ask me questions like this. Because I think that as enjoyable as being silly and goofy is, and we need that. I think starting the day with some thoughtful discussion is a really good thing. Because you never know who had the same question but didn't realize it. And now their brain can start turning on how our thoughts, because it's not just mine, you know, I put your thoughts up too, how our thoughts may provide some sliver of a solution or direction for somebody sharing that question, that problem. Kelly says, that's why I only ask my students to commit only one month at a time so they know they can take a break and always come back. I would rather have students who choose to be there every day rather than feeling like they're, they're locked in. And in fact, the format, the concept that I'm working on People won't have to even commit to a month if they don't want to. I'm excited to, to get this worked out because I, I think there's some really big things that we're going to do with this concept that other martial arts schools will adopt. 
as big as the things we've done are, the concept that I have for a martial arts school may be the biggest thing that we've done. Oh, yes. I don't say that lightly. All right, you crazy people. I'm going to go. I'm going to have a great day. I hope you are going to have a great day. I hope you are going to join me again tomorrow because we do this show every weekday, 6.30 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time on Facebook, on YouTube, and sometimes other places like Twitter or Twitch. I hope that you will leave questions or comments on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash first cup of Jeremy. If you don't use Facebook, email me, jeremy at whistlekick.com. And if you want to support us, we've got the Patreon. You can use the code podcast15 to get something like this snazzy new mug for a limited time only. But if you want the full list, all the things you can do to help us in our mission, whistlekick.com slash family. I put something up the other day. Did you see it? It's fun. If you haven't been there, you haven't seen it. <laughs> all right, everyone. I'll see you back here tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to read Dennis's last piece here. And then I'm going to go. Final thought. Rest is an important part of training and development. Sometimes it's a rest day. Sometimes it's a longer break to step away, regroup, and recharge. Different for everyone. Yep. You got to take care of you before you can take care of others. If you want to be the best instructor you can be, you have to make sure you are the best martial arts student you can be. I think first. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.